0: change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today speak to me in Jesus' name, amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, man, I've missed you. (laughs) And you guys just keep working on the blanket up here, Don't, don't feel rushed at all, you stay right there, you're not bothering anything. Oh, goodness. Our final message uh, in our series, The Blessed Revolution, today, I want to, I desired to go through all eight Beatitudes, give you the uh, summarization of each one. And uh, I knew that we were going to have time constraints today, so uh, I'm only going to be able to look at three of them. And you might say, well, where's, your, where's the outline up there? Well, uh, there's a lot of reasons why it's not up there. So <laughs> just uh, bear with us. And uh, you, you listen intently today. Get your pens out and write somewhere anything that might, God might lay on your heart to uh, hear today. Uh, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I'm good at following signs? Anybody? My wife would say, I am not, so I'll raise my hand on that side. How many of you are not so good at following signs? Okay. Men have a tendency to not be very good at following signs. Ladies, did you say amen? Yeah. We, uh, we think we know, even though we don't know. But boy, we act like we know. And if you think we don't know, just ask us and we'll tell you that we do know. And we may be lost for days, but we know. <laughs> Signs are helpful. They're designed to lead us maybe to the bathroom, and that's a real good sign to know where it is and uh, where, where the end result would be. It may be a, a sign to help us find a final destination. I know if you're in a city and you've, you've not been there very often, it's kind of hard to find some things, isn't it? I've never been to Manhattan in New York, but, boy, I've heard that it is just a mess. And if you're going to try to find something, it could be 40 blocks away doesn't seem like a far trip, but it's a long way. (laughs) So uh, that's interesting. The Beatitudes, to me, are like signs. They're showing us, as Christ followers, how we're supposed to look and how the other people in the world are supposed to see Christ through us. And so these Beatitudes help us get there. The first and last Beatitudes deal with and specify that our reward, our ultimate reward, is the kingdom of heaven. And these work like a sandwich in that all the others, all the other six, are sandwiched in between these two. And each of them point to the ultimate goal of going to heaven, spending an eternity with God. But that reward is not... Uh, necessarily an external reward or something that we have we have done that will get us there. It's not like your mother giving you cookies for eating vegetables or anything like that. It's, it's, it's an internal reward, and it helps us to understand and know and have assurance that we're going where we're supposed to go, that our final destination will be where we need to be. You see it all the time with believers that have been believers all of their lives and are getting close to the end of their life and they have a smile on their face. Well, what's the smile about? They know where they're going. They know where they're going. And sometimes it's even more exciting because God will show Himself to them. They'll see. You'll hear them say, Well, I had a dream last night and I I was with the Lord. And some of us on this side will go, well, yeah, 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 whatever. If that made them feel good, well, yeah, we'll just kind of play along. Hey, you know what? I'm not so sure they didn't see him. Because Satan's greatest tool is to get us to fear death, right? Yeah. So wouldn't it be just like God to kind of step over to the edge of that and go? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be just like him to kind of step over there and wave at us and go? And then he'd say, it won't be long. Yeah. Why would he do that? To give us reassurance that everything's going to be alright. Yes, I've got a feeling everything's going to be alright. Oh, yeah. You could sing it. I, I could stop writing it. But all along the path of godliness, our lives are going to contrast with the life that's found in the world if we are true Christ followers, and if we are truly putting these beatitudes to practice in our life. Because the norm of the world is not in sync with God. You can't be synced up with God and not bump into all that the world does that is so out of sync with God because there is conflict in our world. There's conflict today. You got up to conflict at your house. Why is that every Sunday you have conflict at your house when you come into church? Oh, it happens every time. In the morning, you'll get up and go to work. You'll have conflict. Tire will be flat. Or in Sherry Blair's case, you'll go to Houston to see your children and have all four tires stolen off your car. But the good news is they propped it up on bricks. That was awesome. <laughs> Didn't ruin the, pa- the brake pads and all that stuff. They propped it up on uh, um, blocks, I guess. Not bricks, but blocks. Stole all four of tires. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, what do you expect from Houston? Crime-ridden place? But we're going to run into conflict. Remember that we live in a fallen world that's oppressed by demonic powers. This world is a war zone between good and evil. Until a person is illuminated by the Holy Spirit, have their eyes open, they, and, and when they yield to the Spirit, they, they are simply blind to the things of God because they're out of sync with God. But when they open that, when they illumine their heart and the Spirit fills them, whoo That's a whole new new life now. Whole new world. Paul calls that living in the flesh. The flesh doesn't refer to our skin. It refers to the deceptive way of living. A deceptive way of looking at the world. It's living as though you are able to call your own shots. You're able to make it happen without God in your life. You ever met anybody like that? They don't need God. They do it all by themselves. They're self-made. No, you're not. Because Psalm 139 says that he knitted you in your mother's womb so you weren't (laughs) self-made. Well, I went to school, I got my degrees, and I've got my job, and I've got my money, and I've got my stuff. Now, how's that working for you? Making you happier? Because you got all that stuff? No, see, when you get stuff, then you got to have security to keep the stuff. Right? You have to put security alarms around everything so somebody steal it. And they'll take it. They don't care. They'll just take it, right? Just ask Sherry. <laughs> they took her tires. Left the poor woman down in Houston with no tires on her car. Wheels, everything, gone. Right out in the parking lot, the parking lot of the, whole, of the apartment. Her car's still there. She just came home. No, it's not. Are you, you people awake today? <laughs> I know you're looking at the clock going, and he's going to preach too? Oh my God. <laughs> Just as the Beatitudes are an outgrowth of living a kingdom life, if you're living a flesh life, then there will be natural outgrowths as well. They're called works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh are seen in the brokenness and destruction of everything that's not part of God's will for our lives. Hatred, fighting, selfishness, sexual misconduct, all a result of life in the flesh. And if a person chooses to walk that road, it will ultimately lead to death contrast that to the life lived in the kingdom kingdom life is the best choice you can make that's how we become salt and light in this world as we talked about uh, early in our series we live a different life from the world we display different attitudes and lifestyles we contrast with the world and how it lives folks will either be pulled toward the kingdom life or be repelled by it as they make choices on a daily basis if you have addictions in your life, it's because you chose to have them in your life. If you don't have addictions in your life, you've chosen to get rid of them. You choose. I used to tell my boys every day: I drop them off at school, and I say, "Hey, make good choices today, because every choice you make is going to have a good or bad consequence." And they, every day, they get out, and, and you could see their lips moving, saying those words. <laughs> And then then I pick them up. I said, "Did you make a new friend today?" No, Dad. I didn't make a new friend today. I said, "Why didn't you make a new friend today?" Because I didn't make a new friend today. I said, well, "Did you see anybody sitting by themselves?" Yes. Did you go over and say hello? No. Why not? Because you're a Kingdom worker. You're a Kingdom person. You don't get to, you don't get that option. You got to go make new friends every day. That's what being about being old helps. Because when you're old, you forget, and when you forget, you make new friends every day. <laughs> it's fun I go I go work out on Monday I go out work out on Monday with the same people I worked out with for months and I, I, I don't know who they are but they're fun first one uh, that I want us to look at blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven life in the flesh can be described as independence we contrast it with the life of the kingdom and you find Jesus says we're poor in the spirit that's a person who's dependent on life in God. And you contrast that with life in the flesh, which is independence. And they're independent of God's leading and God's direction in their lives. Living in the flesh leads us to live lives of destruction and chaos, leaving us empty and on the inside and produces all kinds of isolation, all sorts of conflict as well. We can't confront this aspect of living in a fallen world without addressing ourselves as poor in the spirit. Because in the fog of deception, we forget to totally rely on God. We act as though we are self-existent. God is not on the mind of those who have their minds set on the living in the flesh. These are people who take things for granted, who don't think, are, are not thankful for things. They are entitled, and that's where that mentality comes. They think they deserve it just because. Excuse me? Excuse me, we live in a whole culture in America that believes we owe them something just because they showed up. Really? And the younger they are, the more they feel that way. Why? Because we adults gave it to them. So why don't I tell you, parents, grandparents, take it away from them. Start taking it away from them. You'll watch them scream and buck and. Oh. They'll ask you, how am I going to put gas in my car? Get a job, J O B. See, they think that's a book in the Bible. <laughs> what do you mean get a job. I can lay at home. I can lay at home till I'm 26 before I have to ever get a job. Boo. The fly, flesh mindset says we are not dependent on God, and we don't want to be in the fallen position of the flesh. There's a tendency to admire people who are fiercely independent who don't need anybody, who can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. These are the people. These are the people that we associate strength with, who really don't need anybody else. And then those that do need people, we tend to think of as weak. And especially in America, are we this way? But that way of thinking and that way of living is totally out of sync with God. That's what the flesh does. The flesh makes you dependent on yourself and not dependent on Almighty God. And it's really sad. In our culture, we have lost the idea of how how to have deep relationships and deep friendships. I mean, we barricade ourselves in our house. We don't know who our neighbors are. We don't don't forge relationships like we used to. Uh, Things that used to be really important, people that used to be really important in our lives, we don't really want to know. We just kind of stay aloof from everybody. And that isolation, that emptiness, that loneliness is the stench of death. It's the part of the broken world that we don't want to be a part of. And it's not how God called us. It's not what He called us to be. If you're a Christ follower, you're called to be in sync with Him. Our lives are such that when we are lined up with God's values, He will have, and and we will, we will, and He will, have our hearts, our minds, our lives, our pocketbooks, everything that there is about us, He'll have it. He'll have it. We know that when we're tuned in to God, then we can be tuned in better to each other. And just like all parts of the body need each other, I mean, the ear can't say to the mouth, I ain't working. (laughs) The foot can't say to the brain, not going to function today. The hand can't say, when you're sitting at the dinner table, I'm not going to raise up and put that food in your mouth. What are you going to do if your hand does that? You're going to beat that hand, aren't you? You're going to make that hand get up and get some food on that fork and put it in your mouth, right? No, you switch hands. <laughs> no. Amen. That's why God gave you two. Amen. And my grandson, he, that boy, I love, he loves to eat. That boy does. I love watching him eat. He doesn't need a fork. He doesn't need a spoon. He's got two hooks right here. Mama puts that uh, macaroni and cheese on that tray. I mean, it's, it's like gargantuan, and he looks up and smiles at you, and cheese stuff running everywhere. I tried to eat like that, Cindy beat me with a stick, it just wasn't any fun at all. <laughs> the daily challenge for Christ followers is to always know that God provides. He provides everything that we need, not necessarily what we want, but everything that we need. Second beatitude I want to mention is, it says, blessed are those who mourn. And it speaks of losing everything that you have, all those earthly possessions, and contrast that with the flesh. It says, we have it all, and I want it right now. You know that phrase, the boys that have the most toys win. (laughs) Ha ha, really? The boys that have the most toys have a lot of credit card debt. That's what they got. I want to be able to get out of this life and owe nothing. I'd like when I die that all the money that I leave behind, the five dollars I'm leaving back behind, can be used for my sons to go out and feed themselves. It'll be a great time. Be six of them counting their wives, they'll have a great time on my five dollars that I leave behind. As I heard one time, have you ever seen an armored car follow up or- Hey, that's right, Michael. That's right. <laughs> I've never seen a U Haul yet been pulled behind one. And then the last uh, beatitude I want to mention to you is blessed are the meek for they will inherit. uh, inherit No, I'm sorry, that's that's part of the second one. Excuse me. The best way to show meekness is to serve other people, right? Because meekness doesn't mean unassuming. Doesn't mean you're puffed up. Doesn't try to impose your ways on others. It contrasts with the world that's all about control and power. All you got to do is look at Washington, D.C. and realize that they're all about just control and power. That's all they're they're about. They're not about the American people. They never have been, never will be, because they need all the money that they can get to do whatever they want to do to help their cronies get along to what they need to do. Amen? Oh, I'm not supposed to preach that way, am I? (laughs) Too, Too bad. One of you tell on me, so I'll be in jail. I'll be good. Truth hurts, doesn't it? Truth hurts. But you know, I don't have to go to Washington to see that. I can just look in our own lives. Amen? You know, what are your priorities in your life? What I shared with the young people at CIY, and I've shared on Wednesday night, is that God wants our daily life and our spiritual life to be integrated like this. Now, He wants them to be like this, really, really tight. But our tendency is to let life happen And we get pulled away from that inner connection with God and we get out here to the very edge and that's when we begin to struggle. And then some of us do something that's just crazy and we pull completely away. And then we start to blame everybody and everything for pulling away. Well, down at that church they, well, that person down at that church said, well, this, that, and the other said, well, I just don't, you know, God didn't help me here. Well, (laughs) and then we rush back and get reconnected and then we get deeper and then we keep wondering, man, why did I struggle in the first place? Because I pulled away. God didn't change, I did. So if you can stay connected, guess what? Good things are going to come from that. You're staying in sync with God and God wants you to to be that way. You know when Jesus was dying on Friday, the whole world was wondering what's going to happen. Satan was rejoicing. <laughs> but you and I know the rest of the story, don't we? Sunday came. (laughs) Ha ha! Sunday came! That's a great sermon, by the way. We ought to pull that up. on. uh, And and I won't preach that day. You'll just listen to the preacher preach. It's Friday. Sunday's coming. It's a great sermon. It's on YouTube. Just type it in that way. It's Friday, Sunday's coming. Oh, it'll bless your heart. Another one is uh, by Brother Lockridge. He is my king. You need to listen to that one, too. It'll send chills up and down your spine. I'd love to preach like those guys preach. Wow. Now the last one. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think Jesus put this one last because he wanted us to understand that if we are going to live the way he wants us to live, that there is a possibility, a real good possibility we're going to be persecuted. And the reason we're going to be persecuted is we're going to stand out. We're going to be so different than what the world has to offer that we're going to stand out so we're going to be persecuted. You see what happens in the office when you tell the truth at the office, people turn on you, don't they? (laughs) That's in anything in life. If you tell the truth, they're going to turn on you because they are living the way they're living and the flesh is driving them and they don't like the fact that you're calling them out and you're making them stand up for the truth. Mm. Happens at churches too. And you contrast the persecuted life with the popularity-seeking life. And they don't fit. Because we're to be aliens in this world. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. But the flesh says, I want to be on top. I want to be honored. I want to be praised. But the life that's persecuted leads to heaven. And that mindset of the flesh... Popularity uh, seeking leads to the brokenness in the world. It's that stench of death. It's the stench of xenophobia that we talked about in our series. And and xenophobia is the fear of anyone or anything that's different. People are so afraid of you if you're different. (coughs) We've challenged these young people to carry their Bibles to school. Open them. Open them. Everybody scatters like cockroaches. If you carry the Bible and you open the Bible, they go, oh. Happens at your work, doesn't it? If you have a little Bible study during the lunch hour with two or three of your coworkers, people come by, what are they doing? What over what What's going on? Oh, they're studying the Bible. Oh, oh, good oh, goody tissues, huh? Oh! I mean, why do they need to give you any comment? Just shut up and move on. If you're going to hell, go to hell. See ya. What? Why don't you turn around and tell them that? Say, if you want to go to heaven, well, come join us. If you want to go to hell, just keep doing what you're doing. Hey, that'll shut them up real fast. It's like that. What are they going to do? Get out a gun and shoot you? Well, they might. That's game for you, according to the Bible. Hey, hey, are you guys still with me out there? Did I lose you sometime ago? <laughs> Paul says it best in Ephesians 2, For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, When in His own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with, with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in Himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. Whoo! I love it. So you don't have to worry about being persecuted for God. All you've got to worry about is are you in sync with God? And if you're in sync with God, then the rest of it will fall into place. But maybe you're not in sync with God. Maybe you've been living life the way you want to live it. And you know what it's it's time we start doing? It's smelling like death. We need to stop smelling like death and start smelling that sweet aroma of life in Christ. And we do that by serving others. We do that by encouraging others. We do that by speaking good things into people's lives. We do that by the words we use and the words we choose. We do that by being gracious and merciful and kind. We do that when we, when we help other people, we're showing them God every time, every time, every time. So are you ready to smell like God? Or do we want to keep smelling like death? Pray with me if you would. Father, I thank you for all that you do for us. You give us much more than we could ever hope for. You give us much more than we could ever anticipate. In fact, you say in your word that you will bless us with exceeding abundant blessings. So Father, we're asking you today, maybe there's somebody in this room that's out of sync with you. They need to be in sync with you. They've never, at any time in their life, ever surrendered to you. Boy, today be a great day. Maybe they've surrendered some time ago, but have kind of walked away and let the world kind of pull them in and they they really need to get back away from that, but they don't know how, they're afraid. So God, I'm asking you to move in their heart. Do some things in their heart. It causes them to want to come and fall on their knees before you, call out to you. I don't know, God, what the needs are here in every person's heart, but you do. We want to help where we can, but we can't help unless they let us. So would you move today? In Jesus we pray. Amen.